You're listening to The Drive with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Giant fans, you're happy. It wasn't easy. Oh, no, it wasn't easy. You tried to make it difficult. Giants tried to make it difficult. And I've been hearing it all week. Yeah, Pat O'Keefe, I heard it with you. You're right. I got a couple of texts before the show. Yeah, Kyrie, I saw it. Why is Tyrod Taylor moving the ball so well behind this troubled offensive line better than Daniel Jones? So we're ready to dump the $40 million man already, are we? I mean, let's be fair. They've made a couple of adjustments to this offensive line since Daniel Jones has been away. And by the way, considering that He's been throwing the ball in practice, but hasn't been able to compete physically in, pa- in practice. Means that he's not ready to come back yet. So maybe you'll have Tyrod Taylor for another couple of weeks. Boy, this sets up big next Sunday, doesn't it? Jets off a bye week. Giants off a big win over Washington. Although this... I mean, come on, Giant fans. You can be honest with me at 1-800-919-3776. Don't you guys always seem to do well against Washington? Don't you always seem to find a way to beat them? I know occasionally you'll tie, but you just match up so well against them. And listen, (laughs) their offensive line looked worse than your offensive line. Although, you look at the second half, it was a little bit better, right? Washington made some adjustments in 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 the blitz pickup. And you weren't as dominant defensively in the second half as you were in the first half. Although, Lenny Williams with the big uh, block of the field goal, that was huge. That was big. Here's the bottom line. The Giants found a way to win a game. And I saw this stat on X, courtesy of our Jordan run-on. Was it over 1,000 carries Almost 1,200 carries since the last time that Saquon Barkley fumbled the football. And I'm not sure that he fumbled that. There wasn't enough to overturn it. It looked like his butt hit the ground as the ball came out. That's a close one. I mean, he had 21 rushes for 77 yards, including a, uh, and, and had a touchdown. But right then, you just, but you know what? Let's be honest. Did you really, did you really think that Washington was going to be able to put a couple of drives together in that game and win it. It just never seemed to be that way. The Giants let them hang around. So, yes, Tyrod Taylor has done some nice things with the Giants' offense. There's no question. I think he makes quicker decisions. I think he's more familiar with the offense. I mean, he was the backup in Buffalo before. I think he's familiar with it. He understands it. That's part of the reason why they brought him here as a backup. So he knows where people are supposed to be. I think he makes quicker decisions as far as taking off running the football. He doesn't hold on to it as much. So those are the positives for him. But he did get sacked a couple of times. Okay, he got sacked four times, lost 29 yards. So let's not make it like the, you know, he's he's exorbitantly better than Daniel Jones. But it does look like the, the offense runs a little better. But once again, to be fair to Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley's back. And so that changes how you view your offense. That changes how defensive coordinators have to scheme it. I will say this, and this is against a Washington defense that 
is good, but has really not played as well as they should have. But the Giants were able to get the ball down the field today. Jalen Hyatt, a couple of receptions for 75 yards. Uh, Darius Slayton, a reception for 22. Darren Wallace, seven receptions for 98 and a touchdown. Finally, that's what we were looking for. Barkley with three receptions, 41 yards and a touchdown. So what you were able to see, Hodgins, two touchdowns, uh, two catches for 13 yards. Wondell Robinson, who I think is going to be a major factor in this offense. If they can find a way to get him the ball, he's so quick. Uh, I think so. That was the positive thing you saw today was the fact that the Giants were able to get the ball down the field to some of their playmakers. And that's what you've been missing. Part of it is because the offensive line didn't give you any protection. Part of it is because the quarterback held on to the football. And part of it is because you didn't really, nobody respected your running game. So everybody was just peeling their, their ears back and trying to pressure the quarterback. But for whatever the reason, the Giants won the game today. And boy, that's got to feel good to big blue fans. Let's talk about it. 1-800-919-3776. Also via X, formerly Twitter, at Hardest to ESPN, at ESPNNY, 98 underscore 7 FM. Let's start with the phones. Let's go to uh, let's go to Marlo in Queens. Marlo, start us off on the drive. Larry, what's going on, brother? Happy Sunday to you, man. A big win for the Giants. It was a fun game to watch. And you mentioned something about decision-making with Tyrod versus Daniel Jones. You remember when Sam Darnold said that he was seeing ghosts? You remember yeah. that when he said that? Yes. I believe that's a major differentiator from a good starting quarterback to a bad one in this league. What are you seeing? What is your process? Daniel Jones's process when he's back there is just not as quick as Tyrod's. And Tyrod is an elite. Tyrod mm-hmm. is okay. So it just tells you that much more about Daniel Jones and where he is in his development. Daniel Jones would have been better served if he was on a rookie-scale deal like Brock Purdy on a team that was fully loaded. Daniel Jones can't do too much cooking with the groceries that he has, which is the offensive line on this New York Giants team. Now, what I want to ask you and everybody else listening, do the Giants dare bring him back versus that Jets defense next week if healthy? Because that's set up for failure. That's, that's bad business right there. They bring him back because there's no way he's going to do well versus that defense. What say you, Larry? All right, Marlo, thanks for the phone call. I will say this. Uh, the Jet defense has been very good. They were outstanding against Jalen Hurts. Now, for me, I still think that they need to do a better job. I'm highly critical, so it, please excuse me. But I just feel that they need to do a better job getting off the field on third down. Do they make plays in the second half? Yes. Did they stymie Jalen Hurts and force him into uh, turnovers? Absolutely. Have they played reasonably well? Yeah, they've, been, they've played good. That defense has been good. But I think what Daniel Jones does for them, Marlowe, is what he does as a bigger running back, as a bigger quarterback, I think he he gives them some things that they have to work on as well. And while you're talking about that, uh, I got sh- to say, uh, the Jets offensive line's got some things to look at as well. You saw what Wink Martindale was able to do with the blitz in that first half to Sam Howell. And listen, while Zach Wilson has shown improvement, while Zach Wilson has clearly gotten better, clearly gotten better, has he, is he that much better that you think that Wink Martindale is not going to put the blitz on him to force him to make a decision? Okay? To make a decision to, to get rid of the football and to, instead of, you know, 
will he be able to step up instead of backpedaling as we've as we've criticized him so often to do? Talk about Zach Wilson. So you know we're talking about what that Jet defense can do to um, Daniel Jones. We should also be concerned about what that Giants defense can do. Okay, to Zach Wilson. Now, for me, as I look at that, uh, the Jet defense has got to do a better job of trying to stop take Saquon Barkley out of that game and try to make the Giants one dimensional. And 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 you know make them pass. Then you can, whoever the quarterback is, then you can put some pressure on them. To be honest with you, I know that, and we'll wait and see during the week, obviously. But I know that Daniel Jones is getting better. But once again, until he goes through at least one or two days of practice where he is taking contact, he is not ready to play. He's not ready to play. So I think right now, I think there's a much better chance of Tyrod Taylor being in that game uh, next week than Daniel Jones. Now, having said that, it's not like the Giants put up 30 points today. <laughs> okay, It's not like they did. They didn't score a lot of points still. I mean, they should have scored 17. I mean, Graham Cano missed the field goal. I couldn't believe that. But I agree with you to a point. I think uh, Tyrod Taylor gives them a little different look. He's a little smarter quarterback. I think he can, you know, find a way. He, he knows where the holes are. He's a veteran. He knows where to pick the spots. That's what makes him so good. But I think Daniel Jones running the football would be an issue for me physically. He's, he's a physical runner. 1-800-919-3776. More calls on The Drive next on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to The Drive with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Cardinals with a 10-7 lead over Seattle with uh, about six minutes left to go before the half. Broncos with a 6-0 lead over the Packers. Just under eight minutes to go before halftime, and Kansas City over the Chargers, 17 to 10. Oh, by the way, hold on. I think they just showed Taylor Swift again. Ugh. Now, I understand I'm going to get the Swifties upset. and may get to the calls in a second. <clears throat> I understand. I get it. I understand. This is just me as a humble observer. I'm just so used to seeing. Other people, when Kelsey scores or there's a great play by Scanlon or, you know, there's, there's, there's a great defensive play by Chris Jones. Not that they even mention Patrick Holmes. Or Andy Reid with a great call or something of that nature. Now everything is, is up to the booth. There's Taylor Swift up to the booth. There's Taylor Swift. It's, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. It really is. She, the, the impact that she's had on that Kansas City team and the coverage of Kansas City, it's been amazing. Something to watch. It really is. It's something to watch. Giant fans have something to watch. They got to win. And boy, let me say this. After listening to Giant fans talking about, listen, I love Saquon, but we need to move him. We're not going anywhere. Let's do something. And once again, I'm not saying that this turns your season around. I'm not saying that all of a sudden now you're going to go on a long streak and you're going to win your division or you're going to make a playoff run or anything like that. It's not what I'm saying. But at least you got competent football play today, really on both sides of the ball. The offense wasn't great, but it's better than it's been. 
at least you were able to find the end zone not once but twice. And you hadn't done that since the second half of the Arizona game. What was that, week two? And the defense, this is the second week the defense has played well. And listen, I know I heard a lot of people, a lot of commentators joke with, oh, what are you talking about with Buffalo, Buffalo this, oh, people think Buffalo has to step back. What's wrong with you, blah, blah, blah. I'm just saying. Buffalo should have lost to the Giants last week. They lose to a New England team that looked like dead man walking over the past couple weeks. It's hard when you constantly get to the conference finals. You constantly go deep in the postseason year after year after year, and then you try to come back and do it again. It wears on you. Every year you leave a little piece of you that you don't get it. And sometimes things work out for you. Sometimes things don't work out for you. And all that luck, all those things that break your way, all those finding the playing the teams at the certain time that you play them, all that works for you in certain situations. When you come back, that's why when you get there, you got to try to make it, man, because there's no guarantee you get back. There's no guarantee. 1-800-919-3776. Spike's in St. Pete. Hey, Spike, you're next on 98.7. Hello, my friend. Welcome back. Uh, I'm not the biggest football fan, but uh, uh, during the interim for my basketball, I've been watching a little bit. It's more for my friends Jose and Buddha and Ira, who are diehard Jets fans, those three, and other mm-hmm. fans that are Giants fans. So I watched the game today, and yes. some previous call I caught the end of Patty's show, uh, mentioned something about uh, Taylor. He's more savvy. He gets away from it. Um, about uh, Saquon being back meant a lot. But uh, I got to tell you, it's like rite of passage. You know, the mm-hmm. Giants seem to always open up against Dallas. The Knicks always seem to open up against the Celtics. Mm-hmm. So, but I got to tell you something. And watching the games, it's it's to me. Look, I got uh, two boys, two girls. Uh, it's it's a hundred percent injury sport. You you told me that it's a hundred percent guaranteed injury. So I mean, it's uh, I was telling Chantel on the pickup. It's it's almost barbaric some of it. But I got to tell you something. I observed because they they cut through with the package I'm on. And I watched the end of the Browns and the Colts. Mm-hmm. Two, two teams I've been watching since I'm 10 years old. The officiating in that game. I mean, if it was a horse race, they'd make them, uh, you know, take a urine sample. I, I just don't quite get it. And we, you know, moan about basketball calls, charges, and blocks. But some of this officiating, Larry, it leaves a lot to be desired. But the bottom line is, I'm happy you're back. I'm happy basketball's back. I'm glad the Giants should have won last week because they changed the rules at the end of the game and Mm -hmm. didn't enforce a pass interference. You see, it's like, what are the two guys in baseball? Angel Hernandez and C.V. Buckner. You know, baseball Mm -hmm. wants them there. They almost want them there because you could talk about something (laughs) instead of enjoying the beauty of baseball, which you and I still enjoy. And 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 then the last thing was, you know, the baseball things look like they were over and they turned on a dime. So yeah. you never know with sports. And uh, I'm glad you're back. I hope the Giants and the Jets. The Jets, I'll tell you, I watch the Jets a little bit. I watch the Giants a little more. Uh, I think that game's a toss-up next week. Yeah, it based is. No upon question. I, I really, you know. Yeah, it is. I don't think it's a team, right? Yeah, I, I, I agree I with that. Yeah, I don't see a big advantage in the offensive lines. And Taylor's, uh, what is he, 34, 35 years old? Yeah, 34. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, no. So he's a seasoned guy. He played against them previously when he was with Buffalo. But I just wanted to say hello. You're the, I said to you in a message, you're the comfort food of radio. You're like that good stuffing and mac and cheese at Thanksgiving. So I'm glad you're back, and we have our basketball. I'll talk to you Wednesday after the game. All right, sounds good, Spike. Thanks for checking in. I'll have some thoughts on, on the, the Knicks a little later in the show before we uh, turn things over to a little uh, – Astros and Rangers as we do a little two, Texas two-step here on 98.7 ESPN. Neil's in Hell's Kitchen. Neil, you are next on 98.7. The Giants, the Giants actually winning today was probably the worst thing that could have happened for them. This team really needs to look at themselves in a mirror, a hard look, and say we're not good and we got to rebuild and we got to like sell off our pieces while we can and get what we can get from them. Because if you look at them last year, it's it's a, it's a snow job. Everyone says, oh, they got into the playoffs, they got to win the playoffs. No. They did, but it wasn't like a real team making the playoffs. They were a 599 winning percentage, and the teams combined who they beat was 326 winning percentages. They're not a good team. They're just not. And to have, like, this false narrative of, like, giving them any kind of hope because they won a playoff game last year or they won a second game this year, blow it up, rebuild it. Well, here's the problem, Neil. Thanks for the phone call. I get what you're saying, and I get how the fans feel. The players don't feel that way, Neil. The players are not going to play to lose. They just aren't. They can't. They can't play to lose. They are playing as hard as they can because they are trying to maintain their career in the National Football League. So while I understand what you're saying as a fan, again, I get it. You don't think they're going anywhere. It's, it's best for them to lose as much as they possible, as much as possible, get a number one pick, get another quarterback, or get another offensive lineman, get a bunch of picks, you know, be bad, let's build this straight up. Right. Yes. But the players don't think that way. I guarantee you they don't. They're going to fight and scratch and claw for every opportunity they have because they work too hard. They work too hard in training camp. They work too hard in OTAs. They work too hard in practice. And, and their, their career is not guaranteed that they're going to be here next year. So they're not playing to – they're not saying, well, I'm going to give up my career this year so the Giants can be better. You know, they're not saying that. What they're saying is, <laughs> let's try to turn this thing around. Every single ch- chance, we, every single game, if we can get better, we've got a chance. Now, part of the really heavy lifting of their schedule is behind them. Okay, the schedule gets a little bit easier going forward. So I hate to tell you this, Neil, they're going to they're gonna probably pick up some more wins this year. And it's going to make you upset and other Giant fans because you want them to lose. I don't know how, I don't know how this is going to happen. If you want them to lose, the other teams are going to have to take it to them. They're going to have to because the players are not going to just give it up. They're not going to roll over and play dead. And I hear what you're saying about last year, but here's the bottom line. It's they don't control who they play. They beat the teams that were put in front of them. That's what they were supposed to do. Yeah, did they surprise us? Absolutely, because we knew that the Giants didn't have a lot of talent last year. It was a total, it was going to be a rebuild. Okay, so for them to go ahead and do what they did and beat some teams and get some wins, yeah, that's great. If you're a Giant fan, you're happy. Now, the next step is for you to build. Okay, and add to the roster as you go forward. 
and they're in, and they're doing the evaluation process right now. That's what the front office does. It's it's funny, Neil, because it's almost like the fans and the general manager are looking long term. The head coach and the players are looking week to week. They're looking week to week right now, right now. Who's better? How do we get better? What do we do to get better? They're trying to figure that out. So, uh, you know, they're just, I know what you're saying, but that's not going to happen, my friend. They're going to keep going out there fighting, scratching, and clawing, trying to get wins. We'll continue the conversation next on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to The Drive with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. You look at this Jet team right now, and I'm not campaigning for it. Believe me, I'm not campaigning for it. I never campaign for people to lose their jobs. But even the way this team has progressed, right? And, you know, okay, we, we don't have, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers after the first, after the fourth play. And now we're now the whole thing is, is he coming back? Will he come back? Is he, you know, what, how? How bad was the Achilles? Was it torn? Was it ripped? Was it partially torn? Was it strained? I mean, what was going on with the Achilles? What was the deal with the Achilles? Is he coming back? Could he come back? Could he come back by December? Could he come back in the postseason? What's going on? Ooh, look at look at how good, um, you know, Zach Wilson's playing, so on and so forth. If this team right now, if they should go forward and miss the playoffs, not have a chance at the playoffs after having wins as of right now, wins over Buffalo and Philly, okay, and played Kansas City extremely well. I mean, there could be a situation where Salah could not return if they don't make the postseason, if they don't continue to play well. So there is that situation. So, and remember, Dable is in the second year of his deal with the, with the Giants. So, I hope that, you know, I hope they both have long careers here in New York. But there is a scenario where, indeed, Robert Salah could lose his job. That's number one. Number two, I mean, (laughs) Zach Wilson is in his fourth year, third year, third year, fourth year. Tyrod Taylor's 34. I would think, if you're a Jet fan, you're hoping that Zach Wilson is going to be around longer than Tyrod Taylor has been. Okay, you're hoping that. You're hoping that that's the situation. But to be honest, there's no guarantee. I mean, after the first couple of games this year, there were people who were ready to ride Zach Wilson out of town. Now, once again, he has played better, and you give him credit. The offense is... They've made some moves. They've loosened some things up for him. He's proven to them that he can handle the football. He's not turned the football over, so that's great. As long as he doesn't turn the football over, doesn't make dumb mistakes, lets the defense play well, rely on the running game, they have a chance to win. They will be in every single game, okay? They will be in every single game. He cannot turn the ball over, though. And if he continues to play the way he does, they'll have a great opportunity. And then at the end of the year, depending how things ride out, they will have a decision to make after next season, okay? Because hopefully you would think that Aaron Rodgers comes back next year fully healthy. You don't expect to see Zach Wilson on the field next season. You hope not. If you're a Jet fan, you want to see nothing, no one but Aaron Rodgers behind there. So when his fifth-year option comes up, then what do you do? Are you going to pay him $40, 50 $60 million 
as a franchise quarterback? Uh, I don't know. As of right now, I would say no, but I don't know. Got to see what the rest of the season looks like. Jose's in Brooklyn. What's up, Jose? Hey, good evening, Larry. Shout out to the company. Definitely wanted to chime in because, you know, the big matchup is coming up next week. And oh, yeah. I, yeah, so uh, you know me. I'm not the biggest Zach Wilson believer. I'm, I've been a, I've been a critic ever since they've made the draft pick, and I'm a person that I'm not – do I believe he's played better? I think he's played better in the in the fact that he's not looking so bad where the offense is not scoring any points and we have really got a couple wins so I can't complain about it but the problem is is I think they they're going to have to do more they're going to he he he's going to have to do more and I know that the receivers have co- dropped dropped a couple passes but to me I'm like when you look at all the whole NFL everyone drops passes here and there it's more of how consistent can you actually get 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 the ball to those receivers, and that's where my concern comes with. You know, can he actually you know get it, get the ball into the end zones? You know, as Ira says, because we, we we can't just depend uh, de- depend on four turnovers and special teams, you know, to to keep winning us these games because that's not you know that's not that's not a playoff team in today's NFL. So just wanted to make that point. And welcome back, Larry. Have a great one. All right, Jose, thank, thank you very much. Uh, you're 1,000% right. A- at some point in time, Zach Wilson's going to have to win the football game for you, okay? And I know that Rex loves the – Rex Ryan, who's a fabulous coach, covered him for his entire time here with the Jets, okay? And I know he loves the, you know, Mr. Ground and Pound. That's, that's Rex. You run the ball, tough defense, run the football, hide your quarterback – And, you know, that's what you do, and that's how you win. That's how the Jets won in 09 and 10. This is a more more of a scoring league than it was back then, like like that was 100 years ago, right? It's more of a scoring league. And so the question becomes, for me, is how will they find a way to get sevens? Because, Jose, you're right. You can't just depend on the defense coming up with multiple turnovers every single week. You can't. Now, they've been great. They've helped you. And you are expecting that as the schedule gets a little easier, it will be easier for you, A, for the run game to get going a little bit more consistently so Brees Hall uh, can be able to get to the get, get to the end zone. And uh, But for me, the question now becomes with the trade of Hartman back to Kansas City, uh, the, these, this wide receiver core is not jumping out at me a lot, okay? Uh, you know, Garrett Wilson obviously is, is the number one receiver there, but they need more from Cobb. They need more from Lazard. Uh, the tight ends have been okay. Uh, Ruckert's been good. Uh, Uzama's been good, all right? Um, so they, they've got to find a way uh, to make sure that they do something where they can get – you know, Conklin, I'm going to leave out Tyler Conklin. He's been outstanding. Uh, they have to find a way to do, bet, to do be more consistently at getting points in. And that's what they have to do. So, listen, they've done enough to win games. They've relied on their defense. And you expected that because you knew the defense was really the identity of this football team. And that's what they've had to do. But they've got to be able to score some points. 
They cannot continue to rely on the defense to play lights out turnover wise the way they have. Now they can continue. They expect their defense to continue to, you know, keep teams from scoring. And they've been kind of a bend, don't break defense for the first half. And then they, they make their adjustments and they, they are a lights out defense in the second half. But at some point in time against lesser competition, you have to stop letting teams go march right down the field as soon as you come out of the locker room. And so that's the interesting thing about next week. Because on paper, you're looking at a, even today, you're looking at a Giants defense that was outstanding. They, there was nothing that Washington had no answers for them defensively, none. Um, I mean, you know, for offensively, Washington could do nothing with the Giants defense. That's what I mean to say. Nothing. Could do nothing with them. And yet, and still, the Giants were still only able, as much as that game was dominated, the Giants were only able to get 14 points. Missed field goal, it would have been 17. I mean, when you look at the, when you look, let me give you some stats from that first game, that Giants game today. All right, and let's say, hypothetically, you have not, you have not heard the score. All right, let me, here's Sam Howell's stats. 22 of, 22 of 42. 249 yards, no touchdowns, one interception, sacked six times. Okay, you're thinking at one point in the first half, I think that Washington had 46 yards of total offense. 46. Okay. They ended up with 76 yards rushing. Giants had 106 yards rushing. All right. They ended up with 279 yards in the air. Tyrod Taylor, 18 of 29, 279 yards and two touchdowns. He was sacked four times. If I tell you that, you're thinking, oh, this game was way out. 14-7. And the Giants did not score in the second half. And one of the the plays that the Giants were able to get the short field on was a turnover. So give them credit. So they converted the turnover. Otherwise, and they missed the field goal. And as far as the Jets are concerned, they don't exactly march up and down the field either. That's not a 30-point scoring team. This score next week could be the same. This could be a 14-7, 13-10, 17-14 game. I can see that very easily. Very easily. That's what it could be. Either way. Okay, either way, that's what it could be. And for the Jets, they have to win this game next week. Okay? You cannot come out of the bye and lose to a Giants team that's really like this. Even though they come, they win today, give them credit, they played well, they were ready to play, they dominated. But for the Jets, you're looking at a, you're three and three, you're looking at being in the playoff hunt. Okay? Especially now, <laughs> Buffalo loses today, and you've got one of the if you got to win over them. So you know you're looking pretty good now. Of course, you've got Miami coming up. You've got a couple of other teams that you got to face that are going to be a little tougher. But over the next couple of weeks, you have a very favorable schedule, very favorable schedule that you know should put you in in a good spot. 
So this is <laughs> this is going to be a fascinating game for me to check out because once again, with the inconsistencies of the Jets' offensive line, and you know, you know that Wink Martindale is going to be blitzing coming coming out of the the locker room. Uh, how are the Jets going to deal with this? Next week, 1 o'clock at the Giants. Then you got a Monday nighter at the Chargers. And then, you, then you're at Vegas on a Sunday night. And then you're at Buffalo. That's your next four games. Then you have a showdown with Miami on the, on the 24th. 3 o'clock. Ooh, it's going to be a good one. It's going to be a good one. Right? So that, those are, that's your next four. At the Giants, which is kind of split, right? Home for the Chargers, Monday night. At the Raiders, Sunday night. At Buffalo, 425 game, November 19th. And you've already beaten Buffalo once. I mean, if you're the Jets, I mean, you you got to win three out of those four. And you should be able to win all four. You've already beaten Buffalo once. And I don't know what's happening. I don't know if they'll get some of their injured people back or what's going on, but Buffalo is not Buffalo right now. They're struggling a little bit. It's going to be fascinating. We'll continue the conversation here on 98.7 ESPN.